Talkland, a weekly international education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the experts, guys. This is free land education, hard to find out there. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell, and I'm accredited land consultant with Land Pro Real Estate, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, and my business partner, buying and selling homes, land, or farms in western Piedmont, North Carolina, or southern Virginia. Just give us a shout. We'll help you out. Our office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Our company website is www.mylandpro.com, mylandpro.com. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and members. Our national website is www.rliland.com, R-L-I, Realtors Land Institute, land.com. Now, if you're thinking about buying or selling farms, lands, or ranches, make sure you go to this website because there's about 2,000 members nationwide. We're 79 years old. Uh, we're part of the National Association of Realtors, and there's about 650 accredited land consultants in the country. We know how to make you money, and we know how to save you money. So make sure you go to that website. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com. Buying or selling land, LandHub is a place to be. And Acre Value, looking to find out what your neighbor's property sold for, you can see on AcreValue.com. So our guest this morning is Chad Etmuller, I'm sorry. And Monty Walker, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good morning. <laughs> okay. And you guys are calling from different places. Uh, where are you located? Uh, this is Chad. I am uh, just north of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Monty is uh, in Wichita Falls, Texas. Wichita Falls, okay. Well, let me get a quick background on you guys, and we'll get started. This this is something that I am very excited to learn about. Uh, structured settlement, these are installment uh, vehicles, uh, moving money from one pocket to another pocket. And uh, we're going to learn all about it today, so make sure you stay on the show and listen to the end because we're going to be full of information. And if you're not driving, go to their website, which is JCR, JCR Settlements, which is the name of their company, settlements, plural, dot com. And then forward slash it with installment dash sales. So there's a lot of stuff on their website that's very informative. So if you're not driving, make sure you go there. And we'll mention this several times today. So Chad Miller is a senior vice president of JCR Settlements, a national settlement planning firm based in Scottsdale, Arizona. Chad resides, as he mentions, in North Georgia with his wife and two dogs. What's your dog's names? Gipper and Macy. Gipper and what kind are they? Gipper is a uh, English cream golden retriever. Macy is a, a lab boxer mix. Wow. I've got my Jack Russell sitting here behind me. Chad has three adult children, one of whom is married. His son-in-law works with him at JCR Settlements. Chad met his wife in Hillsdale College in Michigan, but graduated from Arizona State University. He's been in the settlement planning arena for more than 20 years and specialized in structured installment sales for individuals selling their property or business, which is what they're going to be discussing today. Monty Walker is a certified public accountant, CPA, and the Charter Global Management Accountant, another CGMA acronym. Monty and his wife, Melissa, reside in Texas. They have four children, adult children, two of whom married. Monty presides nationally and has over 30 years of experience managing the unique finance, tax, planning, and procedural matters associated with buying and selling of businesses and associated real estate. Due to his background in the area of business transfers, business transitions, and business real estate, He's often referred to by his clients and colleagues, <coughs> excuse me, as a business transaction CPA. All right, we got you introduced. Tell us about structured settlements, either one or both. Yeah, so, uh, well, thank you, Lou, and, and, and thank you for having us. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you and to, to share this uh, opportunity with, with your listeners. Um yeah, as you mentioned, JCR Settlements is first and foremost a settlement planning firm. And for um, most of, of your listeners, uh, 
that means structured settlements. And, and I know this is going to seem a little off base, but, but if you hang in there with me for, for a minute, it's going to make perfect sense as to, to how we're involved in now real estate sales. But structured settlements, of course, are, are involved in personal injury litigation. When somebody has been catastrophically injured, they have the opportunity to take a portion of their settlement with the insurance company and invest that into annuity products uh, where they can design payments to meet their future and ongoing needs. As, as you can appreciate, if somebody's been made a paraplegic, as an example, because a, a semi-truck hit them, their life has profoundly changed, right? They're, they're no longer able to, to earn the living that they once were, and, and they have worries about their income, about their future health care, about their mortgage payments, about how they're going to take care of their families. And we come alongside them. We help them settle their litigation. And then we design payment plans, structured settlement payment plans, to meet those future and ongoing needs. And we do that by placing those investments with well-known life insurance companies uh, throughout the country, uh, groups like MetLife, Independent Life, Berkshire Hathaway, New York Life, Pacific Life, Prudential, um, companies that we're all familiar with. And, and so, um, so how does that tie into real estate sales? Well, the same life insurance companies with whom we work in the structured settlement personal injury space have now gotten involved in real estate and business transactions through Internal Revenue Code Section 453, which deals with installment sales. And so now they, they've come to the, the marketplace and they've worked uh, with Treasury and, and made certain that they've fine-tuned their product. Um, and by the way, that structured settlement product is over 50 years old. Okay. Right? The structured settlement industry is, is a 50-year-old industry. Uh, it pours in billions and billions of dollars into uh, fixed and indexed annuity investments on an annual basis. Um, so this is a well-established market, um, one that the IRS is very, very familiar with and thinks very favorably and highly of. Those same life insurance companies, as I mentioned, are now offering structured installment sales in accordance with uh, Section 453. And what, what that means, in short, is that an individual who is selling their property or their business or another appreciated asset can take a portion of that sale and place it into an annuity product. Whatever portion of their sale they place into that product, they are not taxed on. The IRS can't tax you on what you haven't taken, quote, constructive receipt of. And so at the, at the closing table, a portion of of the funds on a, any sales transaction can be sent from the escrow account to one of these life insurance companies, and the seller can design a future payment schedule that meets their unique needs and the needs of their family, and they'll pay a deferred tax obligation in the future year or years when those annuity payments are received. So it's uh, uh, an excellent tax-smart solution. You get to avoid your immediate capital gains tax obligations at the time of sale. You get to design payments in any manner you want and really amplify the net sales proceeds that, that are forthcoming, paying, as I said, a deferred tax obligation in the future year or years when those annuity payments are received. So this is more, uh, uh, Chad, this is more, uh, uh, and Monty, this is more, you mentioned injury, but it also involves, I see, employment disputes, uh, harassment. Well, yeah, so structured settlements do, right? And, and again, that, that's a 50-year-old cottage uh, industry dealing with uh, workers' comp, personal injury, um, and, and other civil rights matters. And so, you know, the life insurance companies have, have been in that market space for 50 years. And the IRS is, is very familiar with the, the concept of uh, deferring taxes or, or making tax-free payments when personal injury is involved. And so they were looking for other opportunities to, to build their, their revenue streams, and they found Section 453, which deals with installment sales. Monty can certainly tell you that in tradi traditional installment sales are a, a 
valuable and, and commonplace component of business sales transactions. Uh, but the light companies have added a little bit of a wrinkle to it, which is allowing the seller to take a portion of their sales proceeds and avoid their capital gains uh, taxes in the year of sale by designing future payment schedules that meet their needs. So is this something that uh, the industry woke up and said, hmm, this has been around, but we really haven't paid that much attention to it? And now, all of a sudden, they decided to um, uh, endeavor in this uh, pr- uh, process? Well, you know, I think like anything, there's, there's uh, just because you, you, you've developed the wheel doesn't mean that there's not a better uh, better way to, to develop that tire, right? And, and so, again, installment sales have, have been around for a while. Right. Insurance companies saw an opportunity that allowed the seller to really amplify their transaction and create financial security over the, the remainder of their life, and if designed properly, create generational wealth for their their family. Um, and so they, they jumped into to this market space, and um, you know we're very happy to, to be uh, one of the few markets and, and, and firms in the country that are offering structured installment sales. Sure. And, uh, you know, Monty, as a a tax professional, uh, can tell you from his perspective, um, you know, his his thoughts on on the importance of it from a a tax uh, savings perspective. Yeah, uh, just just curious for Monty, before you get started, let me interrupt. Uh, Just to clarify this for the audience, because I've had shows and I actually teach a 1031 process which is, uh, is, uh, is deferring your capital gains on, on a sale, not taking receipt of the money, third-party involvement. I've also had shows on ticks, t- tenants in common, uh, which is structured uh, investments. Uh, how does this differ? Well, the... Well, let's, let's, go ahead, Monty. Okay, the, the structured installment sale itself is a deferral strategy on the, on the receipt of sell proceeds. When you are dealing with 1031s as an ex- as an example, you are you're actually deferring gain through a continued uh, exchange per se right. of qualified real estate. Right. Of course we know in the past 1031s actually extended to personal property but that's not applicable right. any longer. So purely an exchange of real estate on this particular strategy, it's not designed <clears throat> around the exchange of a piece of real estate. This is a strategy to now be able to, to defer the outcome of the decision to actually monetize the real estate. So if somebody is at a point where they've decided, one, I do not want to continue to defer. I've, I've got planning needs that go outside of that. I'm going to need some liquidity, and they can begin to plan the stages of that liquidity need. Then they can sell a piece of real estate and then use this strategy as a way to continue to defer any of the gains, until which time is they need to take true possession of the funds. Right. Uh, and this also could be an example of, of where an individual who may be in a good position to sell, but they cannot locate an op- a good option for an exchange. So the 1031 is at jeopardy. They, they're not going to be able to find something. Right. Well, that same party may be in a position to just have to accept the monetization. So this strategy steps in as, an, as a solution to continue to defer. And somebody can defer this uh, for 40 years, I mean, or longer, really. That, when, you, when you're looking at this particular solution in the code and where it is inside the tax world, the ability for people to defer income recognition uh, through deferred payments, that's been around since the 50s. So deferred payments and income recognition for deferrals has been around that long. This particular body of law, and uh, and also which all other uh, transactions work, when a seller is going to receive payment over an extended period of time, this is Code Section 453, otherwise known as an installment bill. Okay. And that particular body of law came into codification in 1980. So we're dealing with uh, we're dealing with specifically for, for anybody who would like to know the exact act installment sales came into the Internal Revenue Code as a codified item uh, in 1980 under the Installment Sales 
Revision Act of 1980. And so since 1980, uh, parties can sell a asset, and if they receive a payment on that asset, uh, any time after the current year that the transaction happens, it automatically qualifies under the installment provisions. And this particular strategy uses that uh, that code section as its foundation. Okay. Hey, our guest this morning is Chet Etmuller and Monty Walker. This is Let's Talk Land. We'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com. Looking to buy or sell land, view thousands of properties, LandHub.com and Acre Value, a place to go and find a lot of information about Learn in your background. So, we're, gentlemen, we're talking about uh, these structured deals. Uh, are there any limits, minimums, maximums that's required to, to, to um, qualify for these programs? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question, Lou. There, there are no minimums or maximums. Um, you know, I've, I've participated in deals where we've, we've put as little as, as $20,000 into the structured installment sale, and, and we're talking about deals as large as, as $400 million. Um, so there's, there's really, it, it depends on the objectives of, of the selling party, and, and you may scratch your head and say, hey, well, why, why would somebody do something at, at $20,000, as a for instance? Well, that particular couple, uh, they, they were selling a modest piece of, of property. Um, they had just had their, their first grandchild born, and they wanted to take $20,000 of their sale proceeds and defer that out for the college education of their, their new grandchild. And uh, we were able to do that and turn that $20,000 into to well over $150,000 for, for that child when they turn 18 and are of college age. So, you know, it, it's really up to the objectives of the selling party. This is a way, you know, as, as Monty alluded to, you know, if you're in that 1031 process and, and, and you, you know, it's great to sell while property prices are, are high, but it's not necessarily great to buy when property prices are high, or you may not, to Monty's point, be able to find and identify the right property. So, you know, we see a lot of folks who, who are just saying, nope, I want to create a stream of income for the rest of my life that, that will provide me with you know, monthly, monthly uh, wherewithal. By the way, you can design payments so that you're, you're paid monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, or annually. You can have lump sums made payable on certain future dates or any combination of those types of payments. And, you know, as, as Monty alluded to earlier, you can defer that first payment for up to 40 years. Good gracious. And, um, yeah, I, so it's, it's just a great planning tool. Um you know, I, maybe the best way to, to share this with you is to, to just give you an example, right? Uh, you know, we, we had a, a gentleman, he was 51 years old. Uh, he was selling a property for, for a couple million dollars. He had a, a capital gains uh, issue of, of just about a million dollars. So he took a million dollars of his sale and he put it into an indexed annuity product that we have. And again, I mentioned he was 51 years old. He deferred his first payment to age 65. So he wasn't going to have to pay a tax obligation on that million dollars for 14 years. And then he opted to take monthly payments from age 65 to 85. And we project that that million dollars was going to turn into between 7.4 and $18.9 million over that time period for him. So not only did he save his immediate tax obligation on, on the million dollars cap gain, which was his first victory, but he's going to turn that million dollars into another seven and a half to $20 million over the course of, of that 34-year period. So, uh, you know, to, to, to my earlier point, this is a tremendous opportunity for sellers to amplify their net sales proceeds and, and pay a deferred tax obligation as they go. Uh, it's just a, a tremendous uh, solution for real estate professionals. You know, if, if you have a property uh, that just isn't selling, you're fielding offers at, at lower than asking price and, and your client doesn't want to sell, this may be a solution that you can bring to them and say, hey, listen, not only are you going to save uh, capital gains taxes, 
but we can turn your sale into multi millions of dollars over the remainder of your lifetime um, if, if that's of interest to them. So it should, as from a real estate professional's perspective, it should help you close sales in a more efficient and profitable manner. So let me see if I understand this right. So I've got a piece of property. It, uh, the appraisal on it was $2 million. Uh, it's a good property, uh, just not finding maybe location or condition or whatever. Uh, just not getting the offers that I'm looking for. So I take a low offer on it. I take a, the highest low offer. I don't get my $2 million. I get a $1.5 million, okay? And then I take part of that money and invest it. And then the, where I've lost money on the sale, I make it up on the investment. Is that is that am I understanding this right? You're you're you couldn't be more accurate, Lou. Um, so yeah, I mean in that example, uh, take the one point five million dollar offer, sell the, the property, take whatever your capital gains portion is. Let's right. just say it's it's five hundred thousand. Right. Um, and, and put that into a structured installment sale. From there, you can design payments in any manner that you would like. You can throw any scenario at us, and we can, can create a payment schedule that meets those needs and those desires. Um, and, you know, we can turn that 500000 into multi-millions of dollars over a future period of time. So, yeah, you're, you're able to, to take the lower offer, avoid your immediate capital gains tax obligation by having it go from the escrow account to the life insurance company. And again, that's the key here, right? You do not take possession. It's like 1031. And take receipt of those funds. Right. Uh, If if you do that, then the whole opportunity is is nullified. The IRS will allow you to do this in, in the spirit of Section 453 if you do not take constructive receipt of the funds. So you're the are the you money, the are you the intermediary on this? Just like a ten thirty one. No, we're not an intermediary. We simply broker the transaction. So we would ask the escrow company. We would provide the escrow company with clear directions as to where they need to send the portion of the sale that is being placed into the installment. Sale, okay. Where they need to send that money? It's either going to be MetLife or Independent Life. Uh, insurance companies, and, and they're they're going to be funding an annuity with one of those two companies. Um, and so so long as the money goes directly from the escrow account to the life insurance company, sure. uh, then there's no constructive receipt, and the IRS can't tax the seller on proceeds that they did not take receipt of in, in the sales year. So, gentlemen, what percentages are you looking at in terms of returns? I, I have one myself. So um, it varies from you know from year to year. Yeah, so it's a great question. The fixed annuity products are, are coming in at between four and four and a half percent. The indexed annuity products are, are coming in between eight and as high as twelve, sometimes thirteen percent. Right, and this is mailbox money, right? Or it just is. No, I mean, am I getting a check periodically, or is this fund building? Yeah. But I, but I can draw on it. I can draw on it any time I want to. No, you can't draw on it any time you want to. Again, you have to design a payment schedule. Okay. That payment schedule, um, that payment schedule will be incorporated into the sales contract as an addendum to the contract. Gotcha. The IRS is saying, hey, look, we understand you're going to put a portion of your sale into an installment sale. That's fine. We're not going to tax you in 2023. Uh, which is the year of sale, but we want to know the future year or years when you're going to receive those annuity payments so that we can tax you at that in, in those future years. Um, so, again, you can you can be paid monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, annually. You can get lump sums, and to your point, you can have a check mailed directly to you or you can have the money deposited directly into your bank account right. uh, through, through direct deposit, which, whichever you prefer. Interesting. So, and, and then you'll pay a deferred tax obligation in the future year or years that you declare. Received. I'll let Monty explain how that works. Yeah, Monty, it's your turn. Okay. Give, give the drummer well, under, some. Here. Under the installment sale that Chad has just referenced, and the 
annuity-making payments in the future, you do start the process with an established plan. So Lou is, as you indicated, the ability to just kind of draw any time, and Chad had said that's not possible. Well, that's what he means. It's not possible because you have to pre-establish the payment process. So the annuity that is supporting this would make a payment out at designated pre-established points in time. And so as those payments would come in, you would, you, the uh, seller, would recognize income at that point. So in the event that there was a 15-year delay in making the first payment, it would be 15 years before any income tax would be due because that would be 15 years before any income recognition will happen. At that point, the, own, the tax due is only on the payment received. So if, uh, if you do have a million dollars, as an example, and you defer that first payment out 15 years, and you get paid the remaining uh, over a 20-year window, well, incrementally, 20, you get 20 payments every year. So one every year for 20 years. If, if you went to 15 and you had 20 payouts, you'd, get pay, you'd pay the 20th of income, or you'd have 120th recognition of income as those payments are coming in. You pay it. over time. Roger, so Roger can, I, can I check? Uh, on the actual gain. Can I change that schedule? You know how life changes, and maybe I don't want to do it 20 years. I want to do it in 15, or maybe want to do it in 30. Once that's established, can that be changed? You set set those processes. uh, You set those up. You set your payment schedule up at the beginning. Under an installment sale, you you establish at the beginning the payout arrangement, and then you set your annuity up uh, on on that payout arrangement. But I can't change it during the duration, right? Would not you couldn't come back and uh, reannuitize? I guess reamortize. But Chad could probably give the terminology better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Lou, there, it's a great question, and, and you know, if there's a downside to our product, in my mind, it's it's exactly that. You cannot change the payment schedule okay. once you've closed escrow on that property. So you really have to be thoughtful in designing and your planning your payment out. schedule. Now, if if life changes and throws you that curveball that, that it certainly can and you need liquidity, you can take that annuity contract to your private lender, to your bank that, that you do business with, and you can use that contract as collateral, as collateral yeah. to secure a personal loan so that you've got some, some instant cash infusion and, and liquidity, but uh, you cannot change the terms of the annuity contract, the structured installment sale, once that's been finalized and, and you've closed escrow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes and sense. It, yeah, you're not just stuck. Further, you're not stuck. You, had, you, you, had, you have some alternatives. Yeah. If, if you did come in and do what Chad suggested, where you could take a loan against it, mm-hmm. then what happens is the tax right. you're deferring uh, under that arrangement would become tax. Right. Would become due. So that would be consideration. Is it worth, is it right. worth doing that? Sure. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, it, it, it's, um, it's, it's a strategy that, that you have to be thoughtful about. Um, it, it, it needs to be uh, a payment schedule that you're comfortable with and, and that, you know, once you sign on the dotted line, um, everybody just knows that, that that's how those payments are going to be forthcoming. You know, we talked a little bit about the fact that that addendum with the payment schedule has to be uh, incorporated into the sales contract. It's a very simple addendum. It, it says, in essence, uh, that the seller in, um, is, is putting a portion of his or her sale into a structured installment sale in accordance with Section 453 uh, of the Revenue Code, and then it just simply lists what that future payment schedule is, um, and both the buyer and the seller will sign an, an assignment document um, where that the, the, the buyer is transferring that future annuity payment obligation to the life insurance company. So it's a, it's a very clean transaction. This is not something that you want to spring on your buyer at the closing table. Right. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you definitely want to give them a, a week or two to digest sure. the document that you're going to be asking them to sign uh, at the closing table. But uh, you know, most folks are very comfortable with it. They understand that it's... it's uh, codified, as, as Monty said, in, in Section 453, and, and when they see the simplicity of, of the documents and the payment schedule, everybody tends to be very uh, agreeable to it. Okay, great. So our guest today is Chad Et, Et Mueller. I'm sorry, it's a great German name, right? 
and Monty Walker with JCR Settlements. This is Let's Talk Land. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors today, Land Hub. Land Hub is the place to go if you're looking for buying or selling property nationally and acre value. Uh, hey, you want to find a owner's uh, phone number, email address. It's hard to find, but on acre value on the premium site, you can uh, find that information. Very valuable. So, Jad and Monty with JCR Settlements, and by the way, their website, you may want to uh, pull it up while you're not driving, but it's JCR, the name of their company, Settlements, plural.com, forward slash installment dash sales. There is a lot of information there. I could print it out pages for the script, but uh, anyway, so follow along with us. We've got two experts here. Uh, very limited uh, resource. There are not many firms out there that uh, have the ability to uh, put these structured annuity, these structured investments in. So let's learn some more. All right. So gentlemen, um, you know I, I I have an LLC. I have two partners. Uh, my life's changing. I'm much older than they, uh, and things are moving. I got grandchildren. They don't. And blah blah blah. But um, I, I want to set up a program. It's, can I do that through my company, or I have to do it as an individual? You you can actually do that in both ways. Uh, so if you're if you're in a partnering role with a couple partners, or and that could be through a, a traditional partnership, either a general partnership or a limited partnership, or if you happen to be owning a property through an LLC, then it's possible for the property to be sold within the scope of the entity, and this uh, solution be able to be applicable to the partner who wants to do this, or it can be handled through the external side. You can actually distribute the property out of these partnerships, LLC, generally without a taxable event, and then you can break it up and then sell, or you sell the whole property and each person can choose wow. what they want to do. So is it possible for planning to happen with each partner inside of a partnering role? Yeah, absolutely it can. You can do that. Hmm. Give some examples of that, if you would, so I can visualize that and the audience can. If, if you have a, let's, let's just say that you had an investment property. You know, since we, farming property is held by a single family, or it's common, and you could have investment groups having that too, but let's just say an, an invest, a piece of investment property, and it's a, uh, it's a building, just to keep it, building and land together. And so they, the, the ownership group uh, of that has a, has a, property value of a million and a half dollars, then you could enter into a sale agreement uh, for the sale of that property and actually have have an arrangement so that one-third of that is structured. The other two-thirds of it is handled through direct cash payment, and then the partner C, assuming there's three partners, right. C, partner C enters into a structured settlement arrangement under the topic we're discussing. That that could be done directly uh, with them. Um, another option in that, kind of a restructure, you can take a piece of property. Assuming you want to go to, the, to this degree, you can break that property up uh, between each uh, owner. Right. And then one owner could sell their piece to the others, actually, if they wanted to, sell their piece to the others and then do a structured uh, arrangement on that for selling it to the other partners. You can do that. A lot of options there, aren't there? There are. And I think one of the important things we haven't touched on yet is um, the fact that there there are no costs associated with this, right? So, you know, there's costs associated with 1031 exchange or, or with, with deferred sales trust. There are no costs associated with a structured installment sale. Uh, the seller, the buyer, nobody involved in the transaction is ever going to get a bill from from us or the life insurance company at the time of closing or in the future. Um, so with that said, you know, my very biased opinion is that it, it makes sense at a minimum to at least consider what can be done for you on every sale through a structured installment sale. It, it, to, to at least call us up, get some quotes, allow us to run some illustrations for you, so that you can compare the numbers with other options that you may be considering. Because, as you said, there are a lot of different options out there right. uh, when it comes to, to tax deferral. Um, ours doesn't 
setup or management fees with it. And, um, you know, I think, I think when you, you look at, at all of the different products side by side by side, you're going to find that, that the ability to grow your net sales proceeds through a structured installment sale far surpass anything that you can do with any of the other vehicles. Well, then I have to ask, how are you paid? That's a great question. So we're, we're paid a one-time commission by the life insurance company. Okay. With whom as you would on any product. Paid. Yeah, as you would on any insurance product, right? On, on this this transaction, we're paid a one-time commission at, at the time of, of sale, um, and you know we, we kind of touched on it. You, you, you touched on it um, as we came into this segment that you know, there's a finite number of, of brokers in the country who are licensed and appointed with the, the life insurance companies to offer this product. We're very blessed to be one of them at, at JCR Settlement. Um, and the reason for that, you, you'll recall to, to the very beginning of our conversation, the life insurance companies that are offering this product already had us involved with their their companies through Prior. the structured settlement personal injury uh, product that, that they offer. And because there's some complicated paperwork and, and IRS uh, you know guidelines that, that need to be met with the structured installment sale, they have offered us the unique opportunity to be the brokers in those transactions as well. So just because an insurance broker or a financial planner might be appointed with the same life insurance company, they don't have access to sell this product. Um, they, the, the life companies have, have really kept this uh, to a tight-knit group. Uh, they want folks who they know are familiar with and comfortable with the cumbersome paperwork process of Yeah, to the audience, I'm telling you, this is uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you gentlemen on this morning was because of the fact that, uh, I mean, how do we get the word out that this product is even available? I mean, uh, who are the two insurance companies? MetLife, who's the other one? Yeah, MetLife is, is the one company they offer a fixed annuity product. Independent Life uh, out of Dallas, Texas is the second insurance okay. carrier. They offer both a fixed and indexed product. Their indexed product um, is the one that, that um, you know, is offering the, the significantly higher yield. Uh, they have partnered with Franklin Templeton Financial Advisors and Bank of America. Right. Uh, they've, those two companies came together for the first time to form the Franklin Bank of America Global Index. And uh, the index product is invested uh, in, in, in the Franklin uh, B of A Global Index. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a little-known fact. I didn't really understand this until I spoke with the folks at, at Franklin Templeton and Bank of America. The American stock market has only finished in the top 10 three times in the last 20 years. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, I was shocked to hear that. So the fact that, that this product is invested in a global index allows the seller to take advantage of not only the best of what the United States market has to offer, but the best of what the European and Asian markets have to offer as well. Sure. And that's why the yields are so much uh, better and, and larger with the index product than they would be with the fixed product. Right. Well, we're definitely a global economy now, It's uh, so that makes sense totally. Yeah. So give 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 our audience a couple examples, uh, maybe one of the hardest ones. And one question that I may ask is: uh, Have you ever had any disallowed by the IRS? Uh, able to go back and maybe reconstitute that and get it approved, or is it, uh, have you ever had a situation where you said, "Nope, this don't work"? Yeah, I've never. It's a great question. It's an important one. I've I've never had a structured installment sale uh, questioned, uh, audited. <laughs> Uh, or, or disallowed. That, that just hasn't That's a good track we're record right there, buddy. With, <laughs> uh, we're dealing with a codified uh, uh, section of, of the Internal Revenue Code. 
Um, and, and so if it's assembled properly, and, and that's why the insurance companies want brokers who are, are well-trained in, in this area to, to represent them and make sure that everything is set up correctly, um, if done correctly, there are no issues with this. And, and you can appreciate, I mean, the, uh, the, the two companies that we just mentioned, uh, MetLife, Independent Life, Bank of America, Franklin Templeton, those companies have armies of attorneys. Yeah. Uh, and there is no way on earth that, that their, their uh, litigators would allow these companies to enter into a, uh, the offering of a product that would ever be called into question uh, or, or brought into the crosshairs of, of the IRS. So this is a product that folks can have extreme confidence in. Uh, again, it's codified in, in the revenue code, and um, it's a great tax-smart solution that allows them to amplify their sales as well. I love it, guys. Wow. So what's a good example of, say, um, a unique transaction in your experience? Maybe Monty might address that. I mean, just one that just people like to hear illustrations because it helps them think through that, oh, I may, I may relate to that. Well, I can, not knowing exactly how each anybody or each of the parties, of course, that would be hearing this would have their structure. An example of something that is unique, let's just say that somebody has uh, an S-corporation for some reason. Okay. Had a reason to have an S-corporation. Don't see any of those. S-corporation is uh, is holding a business and it's holding a piece of uh, real estate. Let's say the real estate itself is worth about $5 million and you've got a business in there that could be worth about three. So a unique situation is the owner of that business has somebody who wants to buy the business, but they don't want to buy the real estate. Okay. And they have another individual who is willing to purchase the real estate. So the problem is the buyer of the business wants the stock, and it's going to leave a problem here for the owner to figure out how to get that piece of real estate out of the way. That's interesting. So, yeah, you got so you got to you got business and a piece of real estate held by the entity, but the stock's got to be sold. Yeah. Well, a structuring solution <clears throat> that can address this issue is it's called an S reorg. It's uh, it's a, a form of merger that is available in the tax code, and essentially what we would do is take that S corp and turn it into a subsidiary under another S corp. And convert that 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 historical entity. It's now a subsidiary. Convert it to an LLC. That thing is the historical entity. It's still got its federal ID number. It has all the credit, uh, the characteristics of the historical corp. But now it's an LLC with the same ID number. That can be sold as an equity deal to sell the business off. And that what happens then is you have the newly created S corp holding that real estate. Now the problem is we still got the real estate in the corp. So how can this solution now work and still keep that tax deferral if the owner says, I don't want this S-Corp anymore. I I want to own that real estate personally. I want to hold this thing personally. Well, under the S-Corp regulations, if you close down that S-Corp immediately, you can sell the real estate, do our transaction that we're discussing, and you can liquidate that, uh, that structured installment note out to the individuals without without creating any taxable event. So by the time this is done, the equity that the buyers wanted, they get, they get the historical company, we close down the S-Corp, and the owner of that thing is holding that structure installment note without having ever tr- triggered a single bit of tax. And if they want to wait till they wait 30 years before they get paid, they wait 30 years before they ever, they ever have to pay any tax. Wow. There's a great example of yeah, the structure. No, I see that one. Def tax or blah, 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 right? That is, yeah. is going to burden that beneficiary. That's right. 
That's pretty clean, guys. <laughs> it really is a great solution. And, um, you know, it's, as we discussed, it's, it's just important for real estate professionals to know that, that this is an option for them because a, a deferred sales trust or a 1031 exchange is not always the panacea to a given situation. And, and it's always good to have other tools in the toolbox. And, and that's simply what the structured installment sale is, is, is another tool to assist you in, in closing a deal more efficiently and more profitably um, and, and for, for your, your client and, and allowing them to, to meet their ongoing future needs of, of not only them personally, but for their family as well. I think one thing that the listening audience might be a little confused about, or maybe, is this sounds like some people would think this is for the wealthy people. What about the small, the small guys? It's got the little corner store uh, in a, in a neighborhood. You know, it's not worth millions of dollars. It's probably uh, depreciated out. Uh, the uh, the uh, physicalness of the building is probably not at best. I mean, is this something for the little guy, too? Uh, it's, it's tailor-made for the little guy, and, and I'm glad you asked that question, right? I mean, it, it, it's easy to get caught up in, in the big sales and, and the big numbers. Um, but the person who's, who's netting 50000 uh, you know, $25,000, $100,000, they still can take advantage of this product and, and translate that into – additional hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars. I, I had a deal just the other day, Lou, that I was quoting um, where the person had $100,000 that they were looking to put into this product. They deferred for five years, um, asked me to put this, together a design with a, a five-year deferral and then to take payments over a 15-year period. We were projecting that that $100,000 could turn into as much as $3.8 million for that person. So they, to your point, you know, if, if that that was worth $100,000. So if the $50,000 person wanted to do that same design, well, instead of 3.8, they're going to get $1.7 million potentially uh, over that same time period. Where else can somebody take that modest amount of money and turn it into that profound amount of money? This is a great solution it's codified in, in the revenue code, and it's an opportunity for real estate professionals to really see the bigger picture and take this solution to their clients so that they can, to your point, become wealthy, right? The little guy can become the wealthy guy. And, and you know, because this is something that should they pass away goes to their beneficiaries, they can lay their head on the pillow every night knowing that their financial future is secure. And if they pass away, the financial future of their loved ones is secured because they took advantage of a structured settlement, uh, a structured installment sale opportunity. So um, is this for the older generation like me, or is this um, – what's the youngest client you ever had? Yeah, I've got uh, – I've had some twenty young 20s asking me for, for uh, quotes. Um, but the majority of folks are, are folks who are – either going to retire or are already retired and are looking for supplemental income, right? They don't want to hold on to the property any longer, uh, but, but they don't want to take the tax hit. So they, they go ahead and they sell the property, they put it into this type of a vehicle, and it's creating additional streams of, of monthly revenue for them uh, for, for their retirement. And um, so it's no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have or don't have to invest in this opportunity, we have a solution that we can design for you. And that's really the fun of, of what I get Sounds to like work it. with folks. Sure. Get to understand what their objectives are and then show them a pathway to meet those objectives. Yep. And, okay, what about inherited property? You know how these families work. So, one, one makes the money, yeah. one generation makes it, and the next generation spends it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so if, if you inherit a property, right, I mean, to Monty's point, let's say there's there's three kids that, that inherit mom and dad's land. Um, you know, if they just decide that they want to sell it, they can do that, and all three of them can participate in this, or one or two of them can. If one of them doesn't want to sell the property but the other two do, well, they can 
structured installment sale opportunity. Because, you know, my 30 years of experience, uh, you know, having as many as over 200 listings in North Carolina and Virginia at one time, uh, there's always one uh, that, uh, you know, it's a family squabble. I end up in court as an expert witness trying to help make distribution uh, to uh, equity to the to the um, heirs. And uh, it, it, uh, is this something that this would apply for in that situation as an alternative oh, yeah. if they can't, if they're yeah. at an impasse and say, hey, look, you know, buy this one out and then let them take that money and move it into this program? I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it could be a, a perfect solution for that type of a, a situation. That sounds like, I mean, that's what we run into. I know all of us do. I, I teach land classes all over the country and, uh, and, of course, the radio show. And I'm starting a school right now, a, a, a school about land for anybody, for everybody, uh, with uh, programs uh, that you can go, rent, take classes, websites, and so on. That's in the works as we speak. Uh, but... Um, uh, you know, this, I'm going to have you guys back on and be part of that, that program for us. Um, so it doesn't matter how long you own it, right? It does not, no. So, all right. Uh, with about six or seven minutes left here, what am I missing? The, one of the things that's important, you're talking about the small guy, it's good to note that for anybody that's listening to this show, that this even works for somebody who has nothing else that they own except a home. I mean, I'm, you talked about the small guy. Right. So if somebody owns a home and they sell and they have a gain beyond their exemption, they can actually put the gain into this. So somebody with only a home can actually gain the benefit of the structure. So in that example, they haven't owned it for two years, so they're subject to gain, to uh, possibly capital gains, right? That's right. So if they're subject to gain, or even if they've, if, if they are going to get the exemption that the government allows, then any gain above that. But if they are subject to a gain because they've already used their exemption, then they can benefit from this from the structure. So real estate, uh, holistically, even people's homes, fall into this usage. Hmm, that's interesting. Do you get many of those? What what What's the most popular source coming from you? In terms, you're talking about homes. We talk about land. We're talking about buildings and structures. Uh what are some other examples of, uh, of solutions that you've uh, helped? It's a great question. You know, obviously, uh, anybody who's selling their business, uh, there, there can be complexities associated with it, depending on whether it's a S corp, C corp, LLC, um, and you know that's really where Monty uh, is is an expert, and, and he can specialize in uh, in helping navigate the the landmines that may exist with different uh, ways that companies have been set up, but this really applies to other appreciated assets as well. I've had calls from individuals who own vintage car collections, uh, vintage wine collections. Uh, we've had calls from individuals who have sports memorabilia collections and, and are looking to sell those assets and, and looking to defer their capital gains opportunity uh, as well. Hmm. That goes into fine art and all kinds of collectibles that, for example, in the 1031 used to allow airplanes and boats and all kinds of crazy personal property. So personal property is including this too. Are there any limitations on that? Yeah, yeah. the only thing, you know, we, we, we can't uh, can't deal with stock, um, and, and we uh, also cannot take any portion of a transaction that would be depreciation recapture. Okay. Uh, depreciation recapture is obviously uh, that, that, that obligation is due at the time of sale. Right. Uh, so it's important to understand that as well. Um, but, you know, Monty, what, what, what other considerations do folks need to, to be aware of? Yeah, any, anything that you're doing that would be considered an individual who uh, sell, buys and sells uh, property as a whole. So if a real estate developer, as an example, has has something that they're doing, that's more of an inventory item. So anything that falls into the inventory classification, you're not going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to do that. Related party transactions become problematic. Trying to sell between you know kids and parents and, right. and those things. Any kind of equity interest, you know, we were mentioning earlier, Lou, you're an example of a partnership or an LLC. Well, the equity in those could not. You're not going to qualify those. Okay. 
that's pretty easy to recognize, isn't it? With one phone call, with it applies. And and, and I encourage you guys uh, go to the website uh, www.jcrsettlements, the name of their company, jcrsettlements.com forward slash installment dash sales, or you just go on the website without I guess the installment dot sales, and contact uh, Chad or Monty, and um, and and do the what ifs. Uh, these sounds like some real professional guys that uh, have seen a little bit of everything and very knowledgeable and have a unique position out there to be able to offer this type product, uh, very few available. And uh, so tell us about your company. How many people in your company? Do you have a corporate office somewhere? Are you international? Uh, give us an overview. you got about four minutes, three minutes. Yeah, so JC, I, I can speak to JCR Settlements. We are... Um we're headquartered in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're about 20 years old, although we've, uh, you know, those among us uh, who, who are in our company, we've, we've got, gosh, we've probably got uh, 18, maybe 20 brokers now nationwide. Um, some of us have, have been uh, pioneers in the structured settlement industry and, and have been at this for, for almost 40 or 50 years. Um but JCR Settlements is, is 20 years old, again, headquartered in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, but we do operate nationally. Uh, we're licensed in all 50 states and Puerto Rico. Um, so we can, can handle a, a sale or a transaction uh, anywhere in the country that your listeners may be. Um, and, and we're happy to do that. I'll let Monty talk to you a little bit about his company. Yeah, we, uh, my firm, we work directly with JCR, but we're, we do practice. Uh, nationally, we, have, we practice nationally. I have uh, seven uh, CPAs on on the contract that would be there to support different aspects of our of our practice holistically. So that's in addition to anybody else would be just general support or, or administrative in nature. And the whole objective here is if when a client has a specific need, then you got to get it get that need directed to the party that's got the expertise to provide those services. Okay. But we we partner directly with and support. Perfect. Uh, give us how they get in touch with you. If you want to, we do not publish your phone number, but if you want to uh, indicate that on the uh, radio show, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. The best uh, best number is going to ring right to my desk. Is uh, it's an Atlanta area code. It's seven seven zero eight eight six seven four zero zero. Again, seven seven zero eight eight six seven four zero zero. Okay. And your email address? Uh, well, that's, that's kind of a long one, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's okay. uh, c. at uh Folks can, can just Google Chad, JCR Settlements, and, and they'll be they'll able to find, find you on LinkedIn. You, you or can run, but you can't hide. They can ta- yeah. contact me through there. And Monty? I would say you, you focus your attention on calling uh, Chad, and he would bring he would bring you in as, uh, as there you a go. firm in as appropriate to help provide the support. That way you can keep everything. Sounds like a great team. All right. Well, you guys stay around, and we'll close this out for you. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. All questions and comments are welcome. This show is for the public and, most importantly, for real estate agents who do not have a source of land education, which I'm getting ready to resolve. All shows can be found on our national website, www.letstalkland.net, that's .net, Spotify, and Podbeam. And my email is lou at mylandpro.com. My cell number is 336-669-1405. Our company uh, is website is www.mylandpro.com. And we'd like to thank our sponsors, landhub.com. Buying or selling land or farms is the place to be. And... Land Hub, I, I'm sorry, Acre Value, if you want to know who owns that field down the road or what it sold for last year, the best place to research land, and it's all free, is on acrevalue.com. Thank you for your sponsorship. Rodney, how do they get in touch with us here? Well, Lou, they can go to our website, go to wkte1090.com, and also they can download the simple radio app and hear happy music all through the world. That's what we need to do is spread it through the whole entire world. Uh, why not the universe? Well, the universe. We're talking about quantum now, you know. Yeah, that's We're right. all connected. Yeah. It's just putting in the simple radio app and uh-huh. putting in WKT 1090. That's it. And you can listen to this show every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right. Okay. 
So a little early if you're out west. Oh, yeah. Well, they can go to the website. That's right. And we only play what? Happy music. Beach and oldies. And we won some nice awards. Yeah, eight years in a row being the top beach and oldies radio station on the East Coast. Only eight? Only eight. Maybe well, nine. Getting close to nine, aren't yeah. we? Well, mm -hmm. It's coming up soon. A month or so. And you won a nice award? Yeah, uh, the Reader's Choice Announcer of the Year Award. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. This has been a great show. Chad and Monty, thank you for being on the show. And we'll see you next week.